All right, great. Uh, it looks like that picture was taken before G. Bush had a sore throat. Yes. He was smiling yes. like a kid at the bank getting a lollipop. I hope, I hope <laughs> G. Bush comes back smiling tomorrow. What's up, Aditi? I do, too. <laughs> Hi, guys. How are you? Speaking Aditi. of sore throats. Oh. I know. Yes. It's going around, it's man. Bad time of year. It, is it, it from is. your well, game on Sunday, Aditi? Because that was Did you that see something. that? Did that you notice something. the monsoon that I was uh, standing in for hours and hours? And six total points, guys. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Chargers covered a five-and-a-half-point spread. I'll tell you very honestly, I had a text exchange with um, a member of the Steelers staff, with a member of the Steelers coaching staff. The Steelers are very thin at inside linebacker. And I said, well, I just saw the Patriots, and I think you could put me at inside linebacker and be okay. (laughs) You know what, though? Never underestimate the New England Patriots because Bill Belichick is still their coach. Look at that picture of him. Oh, gosh. It's the greatest cover yeah, in NFL you, history. Shout out to the Chargers. Can you see the raindrops falling off of my hat right there? Yes, it is. Actually, you were in a monsoon. <laughs> I was. I was. And, you know, like, I love the fact that I couldn't carry a notebook. I couldn't carry a phone. Everything was drenched. And my mic inside that Ziploc bag. <laughs> are we supposed to say, what are? what is the, you know how, like, you're not supposed to say Kleenex. You're supposed to say tissues and not Band-Aid. You're supposed to say bandage. What is the generic word for Ziploc? Plastic. A, a zipper bag? A zippered bag? I don't know, but I... It wasn't actually a Ziploc brand. Yeah, you know, you, what I'm know talking? you dominate your space when your competitor also has to use your name to explain what your product is. Band-Aid is another one. I mean, it's like... Whatever that was. So the mic was inside the bag and it didn't work. Eventually, there was so much rain that I was dumping the bag, even though I had kept it all zipped up. Well, you were a pro's pro, as always. Aditi, we've been talking about the quarterbacks and the gamesmanship that's sort of going on between the two head coaches and not being specific with what we think we know they're going to do. Um, I mean, that's commonplace. If you don't have to give it away, why would you? It's, you know, you're at a competitive disadvantage if you announce that on Monday. Keep the teams guessing. It's standard fare, right? Oh, totally. I mean, it's what we had last week with Bill Belichick. And it's what Bill Belichick is doing again. And you saw he, all signs last week pointed to Bailey Zappi starting for the Patriots, but Belichick wouldn't say it. The players wouldn't say it. We as broadcasters knew, but we're still not allowed to say that we'd met with Bailey Zappi. And the same thing is happening this week. Bailey Zappi handled the press conference that the starting quarterback generally handles, but Belichick still won't officially name him the starter. Now, as for Flacco and DTR, I think you do. There, There is a little bit more gamesmanship or a little bit more competition to that because you are preparing a little differently those two quarterbacks are different enough that your preparation while the offense doesn't change and there are certain things that you always have to be prepared for the run game is the run game is the run game it might affect your rush lanes a little bit or how you go about doing things so why not why not why not put a little more onus on the opposing defense sure make them guess just prepare for something extra yeah peterson's making us guess too so i mean sure you know although i think he really truly is just hopeful i don't think that he actually knows if trevor is going to be ready to go i think that he's got a little more hope on his hands in terms of whether Trevor Lawrence will be able to go. Maybe, but that high ankle sprain, it's, you know, we've... we've I mean, it's unlikely. Yes, of course. We saw it with Mahomes, but it was a playoff game. 
And considering Correct. that they've got a game at hand on the Colts in the division and the, and, uh, the Texans, they do have a little bit of wiggle room and buffer space there that they have the luxury if they need it to not start their quarterback. But let me ask you this, Aditi. In a vacuum, let's say DTR was not concussed and this was a real decision for the coaching staff. Um, did Joe Flacco do enough on Sunday to definitively say, even though DTR is the long-term QB2 option, that, that for now, Joe Flacco gives this team the better chance and it's his job? It might, what did you guys say? You guys I, all we answered said this, yes. right? How do you vote? We, we said Flacco. All three of you said yes. We did. For this we, week. We did. For, for this week right yeah, now. Yeah, we Flacco. think it's yeah. week to week. Yeah. Because when you're 38, aren't we all day to day, week to week? <laughs> so, I mean, I think you so, got to... You know, got... I literally just ran regular four miles. And I'm telling you guys, my heart is like... Am I too old to run? Is that what's going on here? Uh, I'm I'm all in on Flacco. I, I you guys Good. know this. You know that I. Yep. I mean, I feel like I came into the league with Flacco. I've grown up with Flacco. I'm such a fan of his, and I just think that in this situation. His headiness, his experience, his cool, how collected he is in any one moment. You know, emotions don't get to him at this point. I just think that he is the right answer right now. I would like to see him continue to play. And yes, I do think that he did enough out in L.A. I mean, it it was I was sitting in the Boston airport. Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to admit this, but I was cheering very loudly for Joe Flacco and was quite disappointed <laughs> with how things went. So, uh, yeah, I do, I do think that that's the right answer. And I think, you know, the fact that Kevin Stefanski moved on from P.J. Walker because he wasn't sleeping over the turnovers just tells you where Kevin Stefanski's mind is a little bit, too. You know, yeah. and I think that having that savvy Super Bowl MVP veteran in there just gives you a level of comfort. The guy's not going to have a brain fart. You know, he may not make the perfect throw at one moment. He may not move the same way, but he's not going to do something stupid. I agree with that, actually. Well, he did I, do something stupid. <laughs> he, did, he, did, he did do one thing. You're surprised you're agreeing with me? Is that no, what the actual... No, no, you know... You, well, I disagree with both you guys because he made 44 <laughs> decisions and 43 of them were great. But other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, did you enjoy the play at the Ford Theater? <laughs> Aditi, Miles going out there, he obviously he has the shoulder injury. And now that he doesn't look like quite himself, do you think he's hurting the team? No. I don't think. First of all, I think Miles is smart enough and savvy enough not to go out there if he thinks he's hurting his team. It's what we've heard Deshaun Watson say over and over that you play through as much pain as you can. I also think you guys were talking about this before I came on that Miles has no problem throwing it out there that he has these lofty individual goals too, not ones that will come at the expense of the team, but he wants to be playing at a level that garners a certain amount of acknowledgement or recognition. He's not going to do something that hampers that. And look, at the end of the day, Miles Garrett, who's only half of Miles Garrett, is still better than how many players out there? I mean, I'd take Miles Garrett on one good shoulder mm -hmm. over, I don't know, all but maybe three pass rushers in the league. Mm. Yeah. 
Uh, Didi, Amari Cooper is still going through concussion protocol, recovering from the rib injury. He did not practice yesterday. We'll find out his status later today. But if he can't go against the Jaguars, is this the Elijah Moore 100-yard performance you and Tyvis have been calling for <laughs> since preseason week one? <laughs> I'm so sad about this Elijah Moore thing, okay? And I had to talk to my producer, my game producer earlier, and I was the one that was so bullish in the preseason. I was like, you draft Elijah Moore. You draft him. He's going to have a monster fantasy season. And let me tell you, I hear about it every single (laughs) So why get off the train now? Sure, this is the week. Right, Tyvis? I agree. Whether Amari's healthy or not. This well, is the week. T- take, a, t- take the joke out, but I mean, it, it is a massive loss if Amari can't go. He is more oh, catches, yards, no, I think it's yards and touchdowns than every other receiver, not tight end, but every other receiver the Browns currently have on the roster. He's been their only reliable outside threat, really. So if he can't go, whether it's Flacco or DTR, they're going to have to make up some ground and, and more Tillman, Marquise Goodwin hopefully is back. Like, like those guys have to step up in a big way. Yes, but you know what else? It's an opportunity for someone else to step up. It, it, it's funny. It's it, I'll go back to my game last week. So it was the Chargers at the Patriots and Keenan Allen, 11 years in, is just having this monster year and his numbers are out of control. He's as consistent and dependable as can be. And so we were sort of asking Keenan, what's the magic here? And his response was, I don't even think he meant it to be funny, but he was like, well, there's just not really anybody else to throw the ball to. (laughs) (laughs) The truth of the matter is, is that the Chargers have, you know, they've suffered two major injuries, Williams and Josh Popper, right, at wide receiver. And their first round wide receiver, Quinton Johnston, hasn't been able to secure the ball with any sort of consistency. And so I'm not saying that Marquise and Elijah and all these guys haven't stepped up, but in some way, Amari has been so money, why not throw to Amari? Amari beats a double team. You know, he tells you, you beat the help guy, I'll beat my guy, and he's fine. Amari makes the contested catches, the combat catches. Amari runs, like, if he's money, why not go to him? So I don't think that this is a situation of Elijah Moore and Marquise Goodwin and David Bell and all these other receivers not being able to step up. It's just... When you've got such a reliable, dependable, wonderful guy to go to, why not go to him? Yeah, it's and like so when, this would be a great opportunity, right, for these other guys to show, hey, we can do it too. Someone's got to do it, and you're right. right. He's the proven commodity, and the quarterback clearly has a comfort level throwing it in his direction. Right. Now, it doesn't mean that in his absence, someone isn't going to become the Amari Cooper on that day. And on the, on the positive side, for you and for Tyvis, if we can throw that graphic up, that Elijah Moore graphic, one more time, you call for that 100-yard game. Should he put together five straight 100-yard performances, this graphic proves to us that he would be a 1,000-yard receiver because he currently sits at 501 for the first 12 games. So I'm saying there's a chance. <laughs> well, you know, Elijah and Joe Flacco seem to have some connection. Well, they do. And they had rapport, and they played together a year ago. And so why not? I'm not giving up. Tyvis, you're not giving up either, no, right? I got to ride it out, Aditi. Listen, I'm on yeah. record. I ride this he thing was, out. He was targeted 12 times, Aditi. <laughs> on his four catches each time, Tyvis would send the group chat an eight ball emoji. That's true. That. that is true. I did that. I'm like, that is simmer true. down. <laughs> he's thrown to him 12 times. He's got four catches. 
Uh, I, I didn't see all of true. the game. We're all 12 <laughs> on target. We're all 12 catchable. He had one drop. He had yeah, yeah, at drop. least one drop. Did he have two? He's, getting, he the, he's yeah. getting the separation, you know, and I think that was the thing with him all year. I thought he was getting separation, but for some odd reason, you like when P.J. Walker was in there, he skipped the ball to him a couple of times. Like, I yeah. just think he got it. And then when Deshaun's in there, his number one guy is Amari, so he's not really, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So he just kind of got missed. You got a guy out there with Joe Flacco who's familiar with him. He has some of his best games with Joe Flacco, so – so if yeah. Amari can't go, you yeah, but you know what? How, how about th- how about this one? Uh, when Elijah Moore was dissatisfied, unhappy, perhaps not feeling good about the way he was used last year, we heard about it. And even though Elijah's production isn't quite what he wants it to be, we haven't heard any of that this year. So well, I think that's that a statement on him. Sure. Yes, I think that's part A, but I also think part B is that he recognizes all those other things. He's controlling what he can control. Aditi is the most underrated Uh, Browns offensive weapon, um, Harrison Bryant. I mean, in a lot of ways, yeah, right? Doesn't he make the catches when you need him to make the catches? That's what I'm saying. He got all the TDs. Yeah, he's a former offensive lineman. I love the way that he goes after it. I have my screen has frozen, so I have no idea if I'm on camera right now. You are. But you are. My, okay. Well, I'm just ducking down to replug in my computer because apparently it's about to go out, and I okay. didn't realize. You, you so do that. Please talk. You can keep talking. We can hear you. But just in case you were wondering, yes, why am I ducking? Yeah, no, that's okay. Here I am. I'm Very frozen. Good. I'm frozen on Joe Flacco's face no you Joe are Flacco. you are on our screen Aditi don't worry hey Denzel, Denzel Ward comes back this week or at least he's practicing and thank goodness yeah come back that I mean I, I I'll hand up my bet I underestimated his importance to the overall play of this defense really really well, I, I knew it was really good I didn't think the drop off from Ward to no Ward was still Emerson and Newsom would be as, as bad as it and, was the and last in, two in weeks. And in fairness to Mikey, well, his only experience was last season when Ward did not have a Ward-like season. I mean, I knew Denzel. I'm not saying I didn't think Denzel was good. I just didn't think the drop-off of the overall defense would no, be that dramatic. You know what? Dramatic I, he's a Buckeye. Uh, because you're looking at Newsom and saying this is a good player, but yeah. Newsom is a great player where he plays, not yeah. necessarily out position you know I'm great at what I do I would not be great if I were on Dancing with the Stars so there you go we're not knocking Newsom as a human we're just saying that his strength is not necessarily playing outside and certainly once you go from Ward one of the best guys outside to someone who's playing out of position outside that's where you kind of are and when you have an offensive mind like the Rams do in McVay and Last week was Peyton in Denver, too. That's exactly right. Sean Peyton. There, you know how to pick at that. Find right. number zero, and that's where you're mm-hmm. going. And they did it, and they exposed him. And you're right, Aditi. He is very good at what they ask him to do. When he's in the slot, I feel like he's he's matching up against guys he can handle, and he does that very yep. well. But it's like asking the fourth pitcher in your rotation to suddenly become the ace when he's matching up against the other team's exactly. ace. And now he's over his skis, and it's not a knock on Newsom. He does what he does very well, but he is not that guy. He's not Denzel Ward, and we've seen that the last couple of weeks. Well, and he's built differently, and his his assets, his traits, the way he uses his body, it's just different. It's mm-hmm. different. So, yes, I'm glad, Mikey, that you have a chance to appreciate Denzel Ward, and I hope the next time you see him, you'll tell him that. I, I guess real quick, and my actual question on Ward, not just getting him back, was last two weeks – 
the Browns have played way more zone coverage than they had man coverage. And obviously that makes sense because you don't have your best man cover guy in Denzel. And the Rams and the Broncos both took advantage of that. Getting Ward back, and you know Jim Schwartz better than I do, he stopped blitzing and he's playing more zone. Do you expect him to get back to the more aggressive front and aggressive scheme that we saw earlier in the season? Or do you think they'll end up kind of being a little more no. passive knowing C.J. Beathard's who's at quarterback most likely? I think that they're going to do what they do well. And I think, you know, Jim Schwartz has very famously said that his defense isn't a democracy. You know, it's not like they do what the players want to do, but he's he's going to do what the players do really well and what they rise up to. And I think that having one of your key cogs back in what you've been doing really well will make a difference for sure. So, and who cares who's on the other side? The Browns want to play the way the Browns want to play. Aditi, you know, the, the last couple of weeks, um, first of all, what do you think of Kevin Stefanski's play call in the last couple of weeks? Just, just like, oh God, I'm not, you know what? I'm not close enough to sit here and say that, but I, I will throw this out there, Tyvis. We don't always know what the actual call was, right? Like we can guess what the call is, but we don't truly know if the quarterback made a check that he shouldn't have made. And we talked about this a few weeks ago, Jay, you and I talked about this when we were yep. discussing Jason Gel Kelsey telling J Jalen Hurts to change his check right. and go back to what the original play call was. We don't always know what's actually called. We don't know what the quarterback is reading or seeing, what the quarterback is changing something to, whether the quarterback is going away from something. I mean, I remember a few years ago covering a team where after the game, the offensive coordinator was completely ripped for not running the ball enough. And I was privy to seeing the play script and the plan and the plan going in that we want this many runs within the first half and we want this. And that is not what happened in the game. And it's not because the offensive coordinator was not calling those runs in. It was that the quarterback kept changing the runs to passes. Well, at some point and you can no stop that. going to sit out there. Yeah, but no coach is going to get up there and be like, oh, well, that's not the game I called. No, or, no, no, oh, no, 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 no. I don't mean that. No, I don't mean he's never going to roll on his quarterback. Just he better run not it, run it. But, but right. also, at you can make adjustments at halftime. Right. If you're way over your run total or way over your pass total, you can have that conversation with your quarterback and say, look, you're checking out far too much. You can do that at any point right. during the game. I think what Correct. Ty is alluding to is the last two games. I'm going to be off a digit or two here, but the run pass ratio mm -hmm. was almost two to one yes. it was it's about 66 percent for the two games combined that's not what this team is that's not how this team Correct. is built and that certainly is not how this team has had success and i'm wondering if we're going to see a dramatic shift the other way now because it's been so obvious the last two weeks two losses in what were close and winnable games in the fourth quarter but got out right. of hand late. There was no reason to be running, or to, excuse me, to be passing the first Rowing. three quarters. Correct. It was a one point and a one score game. So what do you think of that mix? 44, 23, 43, 22, whatever it was the last two games, it was almost identical. I mean, I don't, I don't like it because again, this should be a run first team. This should be a team that's whose passing game is built or stems from comes off of the run game. I think you're asking a valid question. Should there be some sort of an overcorrection 
knowing or having the history of the last two weeks kind of hovering over you? I think probably yes, there should be. And the Browns know that this is their strength. They know that this is how they're built. And there's a sense of pride that even when Nick Chubb, arguably their best player on offense, went down, they still were able to run the ball and run the ball well. So you'd like to think so, for sure. But again, I don't, I hate to sort of cast stones and say that's all a Kevin problem or that's all a quarterback problem or that's all a this that or the other I I just I don't know enough to tell you whose feet that lays at but if you're asking me should there be a greater stronger commitment to running the ball yes there should be yeah I think we couldn't ask you that for a lot of reasons but one of them is we don't know and we've been around this team for years what role does Paul D. Podesta play in the micro game planning from California all week as the chief strategy officer? Um, I can only tell you in talking to people that have been with this organization in the past that his voice and influence is incredibly strong. And I just, I, I, I hope one day we actually find out, and it's rare that we do, but I, I hope we find out one day that the head coach does not have nearly the input that maybe he should and that we think he does. I just think that's my personal opinion on the situation. I know you're not at liberty to talk about that, but it's the great mystery of this organization. (coughs) What the hell does he do and who's driving this bus? Jay, you say that and I feel as if we could have a very similar conversation about maybe half the clubs in the National Football maybe. League. Maybe. You're right. We, you know, I, I know that people have been talking about what David Tepper wanted to see out of the Carolina Panthers offense. You're and right. that's why Frank Wright couldn't finish the end of the season. I know that here in Pittsburgh, there was a lot of conversation about how much of the offense was Ben Roethlisberger and how much was the then offensive coordinator, Randy Feekner. This sure. is, you know, who really, truly has autonomy I don't know. That might be a much smaller group than the ones that have maybe too many cooks in the kitchen. No, it is. I, I, I just bring it up because in in the other scenarios that you bring up, the players that have a voice in in that system, in one case, you, you mentioned the owner. Personally, right. my opinion from covering the league for 30 years and just experience, that doesn't end well. It, it just doesn't. So, But aside from that, when it's someone who came from outside the sport and his history was in another sport and he may have the single loudest voice in this organization, an organization that is under the microscope as much as any for its lack of success. It just is a bit troubling to me that that person may not even be in the building every day. In fact, isn't even in the state every day. It just, it's hard for me to get my mind around. That's all. Again, I'm just going to sort of stay away from that because and I don't blame you. Again, no. it's yeah, play. it feels like it's conjecture until I no, know for you're sure. You're right. You're right. And in fact, it's conjecture on my part with the exception of talking to a few people that have been with this organization recently and know the makeup of it and they don't necessarily um, think that it's one that can win when it's done the way it's done. Hopefully more on that comes out and we actually as fans and media learn a little bit more about that process because they're not very transparent on what he does and what his input is. But I know this, he's been a part of several different regimes, general managers and coaches. 
and the success just hasn't been there. And I don't know at what point you keep going <coughs> in that avenue if it's just not working. And I know that's another rabbit hole, and I don't want to bring you into that because <laughs> you don't belong in that discussion. <laughs> I like you too much. Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank though. you for saving me. Uh, what's your one. game this weekend? Uh, I have the Bucks at the Falcons, so I will see your old friend Baker Mayfield. Give them our best, you know. Give them. <laughs> send He's about to have a baby. Do you have I, I know. So on behalf of all of us, congratulations to he and his lovely wife, and also tell him that uh, Bull is still as big a fan as ever. That's oh, not gosh. a lie. Um, he and, is a fan. He watches luck, all the time. Good luck to he and the Buccaneers as they a win puts them in control of the NFC South. I know, crazy division, right? Crazy, the, crazy division. But I guess every year it feels, I don't remember this from my childhood, that there was just sort of one lousy division where somebody backed into the playoffs. But it feels like the last few years we've yeah. kind of had this, yeah. where it's a you know 500 or barely 500 or sub-500 team in the playoffs. Oftentimes it comes just... from the NFC South. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good place uh, to live yes, these days, so. and the AFC North is the worst place to live. So at least on that front, Baker has massively upgraded his situation in terms of his chances of making the playoffs. Aditi, always great. We'll see you next week. Thanks for having me, Thanks, guys. Aditi. Have fun. Absolutely. Bye. Uh, I didn't intend to go there and uh, on the De Podesta point, but you've been with different organizations, mm-hmm. and, and now obviously in one of them, uh, in, in Seattle, Pete Carroll is an established guy with cachet, yes. and he likely has the loudest voice in the entire organization, as he Bill does. does in New England and yes. as other guys do in their places. Mm-hmm. But you were here a minute. Split. Yeah, Split. a minute. Um, did you get a sense of the hierarchy or no? Well, well Players I, are immune to that. No, I mean... The only thing that I noticed, this is, I, I noticed that the out of all the places I've been, yeah, this was the Browns seeing Jimmy and D was all like there, was the most I've seen owners at their thing. So they are around it much more. Um, I actually had a conversation with them. I went to a charity event, golfing charity event, even though I don't golf, but apparently, you know that. yeah, they. Stop Soccer. it. Stop it. <laughs> but you I tried it once. Yeah, I had a conversation with him, but you know, that was this was Hugh Jackson at the time and you know Sashi was the, the GM. Sashi was a cool dude too. Yeah. I always liked yeah, Sashi. He texted me, it was like anytime you want you know, I'm from Shaker, you know, you want to tell him come over, come over to the crib. That's like, awesome. Cool dude, man. That's I was great. shocked to see him go. But to me, I always thought it felt like the owners had the power in Cleveland to yeah. me, in my personal opinion. I was like, Jimmy and D makes all the calls around here. What was it like in Seattle? Did you ever see the owners? Well, did you? I so I did see the owner. He would drive. <laughs> he would drive Is in it on Paul his, Allen. Yeah, he yeah. drive in on his boat. Right, rest in peace to Paul Allen. Yeah, he drive in on his boat. Right. <laughs> That's the life. Yeah, because right right you know move. Seattle practices on the water. On the water. So he drives in, parks the boat, get off. <laughs> Walks upstairs where we eat lunch at and sit at the table and sit there and talk to you. That's, that's a pretty boss. Yeah, it was, I was cool. sitting there yeah. like, man, you know, my wife got like a $2,000 ran up in Nordstrom credit. Uh, you want to try to clear that for me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you would have asked him, he probably would have said, I got it. He probably would have, though. He was that kind of guy. Um, I don't know. I've talked to a lot of players about this, and there's mixed reviews because a lot of the players I talked to about it were with the Patriots mm-hmm. during their run. And they all say the same thing. First of all, 
it's always Mr. Kraft. Mm -hmm. And not because they think that that's what he wants to be called. All of them that I've talked to about it say, well, no, he deserves that. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I worked with them for a minute the year they lost to the Eagles in the Super Bowl. They did a playoff network yeah. that I was hosting for them. And I got to meet Mr. Kraft. Yeah. I got to spend time with the organization. And I saw firsthand, okay, I want that owner to be around. Mm -hmm. A, he knows what he's doing, and he knows what he doesn't know. Yeah. What I loved about him was he had ideas and opinions, but he never mandated his idea or opinion to become policy. Right. And obviously you wouldn't with Bill Belichick there, mm -hmm. but I don't think that that was his way anyhow. He was. This was his question every day. What do we need today to be successful that we don't currently have? Doesn't everybody yeah. want a boss like that? Yeah. Um, he was one of the first to make sure that the team flew in complete luxury. He bought a 747 jetliner. He doesn't you know, fly charter. He has a Patriots plane, and it's equipped to carry a football team. Must be nice. And, you know, look, we they all have the money to do that if they wanted to. <laughs> but the, the Patriot way, so I learned in my first week, the lawyer that I negotiated my contract with, when she was kind of taking me through the building and giving me all the introductions, she, she kept saying, Patriot way, Patriot way. This is the Patriot way. And what I realized was the Patriot way is the best way, mm -hmm. the right way. You know, you know how, you know, you've been with different organizations that have different levels of, yeah, was, you know, the, cow, the Cowboys flew us to uh, Hawaii 747. Yeah. Now, see, they're an organization so like, that, yeah, Jerry. well, no, listen, <laughs> they do it very similarly, but Jerry lets his opinion and idea become policy at very high levels within the organization. Mm -hmm. That's why they haven't been successful. Hmm. And I know he had success early on, but it was with the parts were already there. Yeah. And he fired the people that were most responsible for that success. Well, and he hasn't sniffed it since. Well, they might, they look good this year. But we're, this is a Cleveland Brown show. Yeah. So enough for that. Let's talk about the uh, offense. I will just, I'll wrap it up by saying <laughs> Actually, this. In my experience, and, I, and I'll ask you if you echo this, a less involved owner increases the chances of a team being successful, right or wrong. I think you're right, actually. It's sad that I think that you might be right. That's, I mean, that's, I, I, I don't know from personal experience. I just the guys that I've talked to like, have always said they don't want to see their owner in the locker room after the game. Yeah. It drives, did that drive you nuts? Because I had players flat tell me that, see, that the owner and his family do not belong in the – now, they, they have the right to be there. They own the team. Like, but the players never like to see them there. When you say in the locker room. Yeah, okay. in the locker room. So, so after the game, like with the 49ers, I'd see them. I'd see them in the really? locker Really? Win or loss? Win or loss, they'd be there. Because they, they, they shake your hand and you walk in. Interesting. Okay, but like Kyle would say his speech and then that's it. Like, I don't see them after that. Okay. So, they're only in there for like a split second. Yeah. Okay. Everybody has a different management style, but I do like, I enjoy talking to players about what they saw, what they appreciated, and mm -hmm. what they feel was the best st style. Yeah. Because everybody has a different style. All right, uh, we want to do a read first before we switch to Cavs or no? Yeah, I got one more FanDuel read for you guys today because I just want to remind everybody that as the weather gets colder, <coughs> the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and a lot more. 
you guys can go visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. So we had a G-Push special here for today <laughs> and that Mike yeah. came up with last night, and unfortunately G can't make it. But if you guys haven't noticed, Amani Bates is lighting up the G League. Yes. We knew that He's was going to happen. We knew that was going to happen. It He's is. Work. It is the developmental league. It's the Gatorade League. Man. Listen, the, what's the question? It's still a devel- <laughs> developmental league. Wait, state the question. The question was, and G. Bush let us know at 10 this morning he wasn't coming in. So this was the G. Bush cook special, but you're not getting a ton of production from Dean Wade. Mm-hmm. You're not getting a ton of production from Isaac Okoro. Struess playing well. Lavert's playing well, and the Yang's getting better, but mm-hmm. his numbers aren't there. You look at what Amani Bates is doing in the G League, mm-hmm. and if you don't know, tell us. I'll give you the numbers. He's averaging 27.4 <laughs> points per game. That is number one in the entire G League, 27.4. He's shooting 45% from the floor, 45% from three in six games this season. <coughs> six games. He's 29 of 65 from three. He's averaging 11 three-point attempts per what game. What is that, Mikey? That's over 40%. It's 45%. It's phenomenal. On 11 there. attempts per game, he's averaging 4.7 rebounds, 1.8 steals, 1.7 blocks. Don't ask me about the assists because I ain't going to tell you because it sucks. But I ain't going to tell <laughs> zero you. Zero point something. <laughs> Wait a minute. I played the fifth. If You're not G- wrong, but zero, I played the Listen, fifth. Listen, I'm going to be G. Bush. If G. Bush was here, he would say this. He said he would have been up here, man. I don't know what JB got going over there. D-Wade, get him out of there. We don't need to see him in the lineup no more. Don't even know why he's still here. Max Struess, you playing with fire right now because we got this young boy that's about to come up here. Listen, man, they need a spark on this team, man. Amani Bates can come in there every night. Think about this. You need shooting. When y'all do y'all best is when y'all shooting. You got a guy that shoots that with no hesitation. Now, he didn't got better. He'd have had a couple of minutes in some games this season. He had a couple of decent games. But if he lighting up the G League right now, we ain't getting nothing else from the bench. Why not give my young boy the shot? What else we got to lose? So we all do our G. Bush That's my G. Bush right there. That's you exactly what G was saying. G. That's what G was saying. G. Bush is I don't need to see. Delivery. I don't need to see Dean Wade. Not another minute. Isaac Okoro, get him out of here. He was a waste of pick. Uh, He's a jag. Yeah, He's just a guy. Niang is just a guy that's out there just getting a couple of buckets. We got a guy that can get you 15 at least. I've got a question for the bench. Yes, because he follows this way more closely than either of us. Because he has friends, I think, that probably have jobs in the G League, I'm guessing. I do, I do. A couple GMs. So here's what I want to know from you. <laughs> because I honestly, I don't know. Uh, I have a guess. How often is G League production transferable to the NBA? That's a great question. So. And, and examples. There, there's no defense in the G League. Which is why he's shooting Zero 45%. Zero people play defense. The, right. the average score in a G League game is like 130 to 130. It looks like all-star five. game scores. Yeah. And every, I mean, I, I was looking at this morning. I think there's 17 guys averaging 23 or more points in the G League this year. Yeah. Like. Defense is de- optional. It's defense optional. I think it's why they changed it from the D League to the G League because you can't defense spell is, frank, frankly, just optional. Right. What does translate, though, is, is shooting. Well, it's the same no, three point I don't line. think it does because I think if, if you've got hands in your face. Okay, but here's the difference. And this is a compliment and the downside of Imani Bates. It's not like they're running plays for Imani Bates. It is Imani Bates going one-on-one. <laughs> what, even is the, uh, what is the offense? Is, is, do they even run an offense? <laughs> they call okay, it. Okay, yes, yes and no. <laughs> I've watched a little bit of it. I, not this year, but I've watched it's, a little bit of it in the past, and I'm like, Man, this looks like my pickup games. Yeah, so it's a lot of up and down, which is why it, it 
the scores are high. Like, yeah. defense, once again, defense option. But it, doesn't it, to you, all, seem all freelance? A lot of it's freelance, but I think when you're going, like, let's say me and Tyrus playing one-on-one. And Amani Bates is very good in these one-on-one situations. That's what he was good at coming out of college. That's yeah. what we knew he was good at. It's not like a dude's just letting him shoot over him. When it's one-on-one, you're getting ISO'd out. There's a little bit of pride on the line there, too. Sure. And the fact that Amani is shooting 45% from three on almost exclusively, I think I was doing the math this morning, it was like 73% are off the dribble threes. So that's him wow. going. It's not so like he's, he's creating coming off that shot, he's not creating catch and this, shoot. Exactly. Very little catch and shoot threes for him. So, he's, so how much of that is transferable to the NBA? Like if he were to take the same number of threes in the NBA, what, what, are, what are his numbers this year in the not NBA? Not good. Don't ask. No, I, I, it's, I, 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 don't, I don't know off my head. Earl, we, we look up, what's Amani's NBA stats this year? He's only gotten a couple games. No, I know, and I know it's a small sample size, but I ask because I do think it's relevant. Because, <laughs> yeah. I, look, the, the, the I expect is, him to dominate the so, G League. I, I really do. So we you ask, is it transferable? The, the, the answer right now is no, because Amani Bates is a one-on-one player. If you watch any Cavs games, what's the last thing they need more of? They, don't, they do not need another so, ISO st- baller. So stylistically, it is not transferable. No. Is the shot making transferable? Yeah, that's yes. It is, is the ability to create a shot transferable? Well, yes. Is his he's actually he's hustling on defense. You don't just walk into two blocks and two steals per game. I'm right. telling you that is the <coughs> effort transferable. Yes. And five rebounds. Whereas, five games. Stylistically, though, I don't think how Abani is succeeding in the G League fits with how the Cavs are currently playing. Well, see, that's my issue. Yeah, okay. I don't. And, I don't and that's why I asked that question. Well, I don't like that though because. That's a, that's an indictment on the coach there because if you got a bunch of players right now that's playing ISO ball, then that means that's that's what you you coaching in. So your you send him down there specifically to play so the, we can fit into an offense, right? And but I, I'll, I'll tell him I'll say this: I don't know who the, the G League coach is for the Cavs. I'm, I'm not sure. Either. I don't know who it is, but I'll say this because I do follow baseball very closely, and I I even pay attention to minor league baseball, and I spend a little bit of time in the minor leagues, and this is probably the same thing that's going on in the G League. It's each man for himself. Yeah. Like, I've seen teams five games to go. They need two wins to clinch a playoff spot. And they're like, we don't care. It, it, it's like, every, it's every playoffs in, yeah. in minor league baseball, it's a point of pride. And there are some players that care. But for the most part, it's every man fighting for whatever crumb he can find. And it's yeah. hard to get a team to buy into a team concept. Because well, at that level, it's 25 different individuals that have the same goal. Get to the base. But yeah. my thing is, right now, when you look at the Cavs, you 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 hate the way that offensively they're structured because it's a lot of one-on-one. I, pick, I understand A lot of point. high pick and rolls. So how is this kid supposed to make it to the roster? Mikey, can you answer that? If y'all saying yeah. that, I, 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 one do, thing I think it's a fair question, but it I just don't think it's set up that way. So before, and what are his NBA numbers? That he's only played seven point four minutes according to ESPN. He's oh. averaging like one point seven points. So yeah, not and Bernie's nothing. in the house flexing on Anthony. Bernie's flexing behind you. <laughs> uh, but, but Bernie, but, I have that same shirt, and oddly enough, I was going to wear it today, <laughs> and I didn't. It's a great shirt. <laughs> I, I, have, I have the same one, and I have it in brown, too. But uh, uh, So let me ask you, how many threes has he taken in those seven minutes? Uh, I'd have to look that up. It was He's got .4 out of 1.7 threes, 25% three-point percentage, according to his regular season so, averages. So that, that's 7.4 minutes per game he's played, not seven oh, minutes in total. He's yeah. averaged 7.4 minutes, oh, in the games that in he's, the games played. he's played. Yeah, he's played yeah. seven games. So, Sorry, so, the, the so here's the thing. So the, the big picture question is how does Imani Bates fit in? Right. The reality is, and if G. Bush was here, G. Bush is, is kind of onto something here. Right now you're getting nothing from Dean Wade. 
Zero, yeah. zilch, nada. I just there told is, you where. I'm a, that's what I'm saying. I'm agreeing with oh, you and G. Bush. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. I was, I was literally I was telling you if G. Bush was here, what he would say. Yeah. So when I say I'm agreeing <laughs> with you and G. Bush, just because I'm looking at you doesn't mean I'm trying to argue. I'm telling you, you're right. Like, Dean Wade's getting, you're getting nothing from Dean Wade. So yeah. those minutes are... They're wasted. They're wasted. Yeah. Right? You Niang's, can use those for, for developmenting, uh, developing your first round pick. Niang's playing better. And, and he does have a crucial role in what he does, Amani Bates can't do. They yeah. are very different players. They're both shooters, but Niang is a really good help defender. His rebound numbers aren't there, but his box-out rate's phenomenal, and he's a glue guy. You ask anyone on the team, and I was talking to some of the Cavs coaches this past week, he gave a speech after practice in Golden State that they think could be like the, the kind of the spark of this team. And Chris Feeder The galvanizing moment of the season? Early on, but it, it's been him. It's not Donovan Mitchell. It's not Darius. George wow, Niang's kind of been the guy. I got to tell you, that's a tad disappointing to me that it's not Donovan George Mitchell. Niang, George Niang is more why. playoff it's experience. To me. I, I, I understand why it's not, <laughs> yeah, it's but not it's not disappointing me. to me that a guy who's been with the team for 10 minutes is stepping up and giving a rally speech after a practice in a particularly bad game. Yeah. That that needs to come from, if not Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland. He's been oh, here it's, longer. It, it's Niang. Niang is wow. Kind of, that's kind of the, the like unspoken of, leader here. One of them is one of them, and George Niang feels like oh, I could see myself being here long term. One of them's like, one of them's wearing a Mets hat. Yeah. How many how many <laughs> more games we got left? But the, the back to the Imani Bates part. You have minutes in Dean Wade that you're playing. You're getting nothing from. You have a couple other guys, and we've seen Craig Porter. Like they've tried to get him in. Yeah. Amani Bates is on a two-way contract. So right. he has NBA games where he's going to play. There are going to be situations where Amani Bates is asked upon to play a bigger role for the Cavs. And maybe it's on a road trip. It, it'll come and go. He can only play so many games in the NBA, so he can't come up too early <coughs> in case he flourishes. What is that number? Do you know? It's 50. Oh, only really? Playing 50. So it is a good chunk of the are season. Are they getting the games out of the way now so that he can be a factor at the end when it counts? The G League season's shorter, so... They could be trying to save games. Right. But how Amani Bates does fit in is on the second unit when either Darius or Mitchell is out, and especially if Lavert's hurt, and Lavert has been in and out of the lineup, when Lavert's on the court with either Garland or Mitchell, there's just not a lot of ball handling duties to go around elsewhere. Right. That's why Craig Porter's been such a good fit because he actually doesn't need the ball to be a successful option. Right. On, on defense, he does other things. If Lavert's out, that second unit minutes alongside a Garland or a Mitchell is where I think Imani Bates can fit in because you need someone else who can create some offense. Struess isn't a creator by himself. Niang's not a creator by himself. No. Don't get me started on Mobley and Allen. You can't no. play They should offense. be, though. They, but they're not. But they're not. And you can't sustain those minutes on the bench without your superstar if you have one creator. It's too easy to funnel, even in the regular season, five guys towards one smaller guard. And, Mikey, I think that's, that's when this team in. looks most lost. Yeah. In the, in the, in the, the example that you just gave and there are and those voids sometimes seem like the stretches are going on for far too long and you're watching and you're saying this in no way shape or form can win playoff series it just can't i agree i don't care what the individual talents are yeah. you know in basketball and in every sport that's a team sport it's the sum of the parts and these parts right now don't click they don't match and i don't know and i think I do think you're onto something. I think that's it because as I'm watching the games, I'm noticing the same thing and I'm saying, okay, who's it going to come from? Yeah. Who is that guy if not your main starters? And that's in the playoff games when those rotations shrink and your matchups become so much more important, mm -hmm. you can't lose them. Yeah. And against the against the Knicks, they didn't have a 
I mean, I, I can't think of outside of maybe the starting rotation for a minute where they had an advantage once you got into the game and rotations they got were underway. They got destroyed by the Knicks bench in the playoffs. Destroyed by the Knicks Embarrassing. Bench. And that's why they came in and they got Niang, who's a massive upgrade on the bench. Right. But once again, the guys they brought in to help the bench, to help solidify that unit, they're not necessarily creators. And, that, and that's a tough thing to find. It's not like they're just these bench guys who are shot creators just fall off trees. But they did things that the Cavs needed. They did, yeah. And, that, and that's where the, the draft pick of Imani Bates was so smart. A, the talent was there. But B, <coughs> theoretically speaking, he fills the need. Now, he yeah. still has to learn how to play within the team concept. Like I said, 27.4 points per game. He's taken 11 threes. He's, he has five assists in six games. So, like, that part of it still has to come together. But yeah. what he does, what we saw coming out of college, what we all loved about Imani Bates, he's doing in the G League now. Yeah. So it's transferable from college to the professional yeah, level. Yeah, but the big question now, is, is it transferable the to step, the NBA? And, not, and I don't think that's the question. It's, it's can it fit within the system? Because he can't yeah. play like he's doing with the charge with the Cavs. No. It, 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 that doesn't mix together. But can he find a way to fit in? Is the talent there that translates? Yes. It's can he figure out, hey, I got to find a way to get my shots up when I don't have the ball. And I have to find a way to be a contributor on defense, help defense, rebounding because he's 6'9". He's doing actually five rebounds a game. It's pretty damn good for him. That's, that's over what I would expect. But the talent's there with Imani Bates. The talent is there. Now the Cavs got to figure out a way to incorporate him into their offensive scheme and system Good to get Lord. the most out yeah, of it. Yeah, and to harness it. And, and to, you're right. I mean, he's got to be more of a team player. That boy don't touch the weights, boy. That makes me No, mad. he's big. And I hope that's <laughs> another thing that we weights. see from him year to year. I hope that physically there's some change to his body. Jared Allen, has. there's been a little bit of physical change. I would, I'd still want more. But with him, he looks like Mr. Salty on the pretzel box, man. He is thin. Well, I know we got Bernie coming in. Last thing on Imani Bates. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, he is. But I just seen him dribble the ball. Like, man, his arm looked like me in high school. Last, yeah, last man. thing with Bates, though, we drafted him on potential. The Cavs drafted him on potential. He is flashing all the signs of this dude has crazy talent and things you can't teach. Good. Which is what you pray and hope you get in a second-round pick. Because you can't coach that. Exactly. And his stock is going up. He's I shown like to hear no- that. He's shown you were, nothing. You were have you been sell on him I went, I went to one of the charge games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were, and you were not – you didn't love the pick. And you I, said guys that you, you didn't would talk to from no, other no, no, no. organizations that had scouted him. Yeah. Your quote, can I say yeah. what you said? Yeah, yeah. Like, he said he's got no transferable NBA skills. No, 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 no. That's what you told me. No. His scoring and shooting was transferable. They, I, I, I had NBA coaches from other teams say they, they did not have him on the draft board because they were not confident he'd ever be able to play within the team concept of basketball. Okay, that's what you told me. Yeah. Yeah. They, we, he wasn't even on yeah. our boards. His stock right now oh, is up, though. Not, His stock right now is up. All right, good. All right, let's get Bernie in here. But before we do that, we need to read, right? Yeah, before we get Bernie in here, Earl's going to get him out. But I just want to remind everybody should be empowered to take care of themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. It gives you a peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to the medication <coughs> in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication. Every delivery, ongoing consultation, and care. Don't get caught unprepared. You guys can get $20 off on these life-saving antibiotics from Jace Medical by using the code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That is J-A-S-Medical.com. J-A-S-E Medical. Just making sure we get it right. J-A-S-E. But yeah. and you killed it. You crushed it. Good job. That's Look a, who's that's here. A, tough can't read with the headphones on. Show, show the fans a shirt because uh, I've got I've got the same shirt. I love it. It's an old uh, retro Tecmo Bowl 
with Bernie and the arms in the air. That's awesome. First of all, the graphics on the old Tecmo Bowl are just Elite. completely great. <laughs> yeah, all I right. gotta say, not repping today the old school day from the uh, great. Yeah, the dog pound days. Yes. <laughs> oh, the good old days. Hey, when they came the out the arcades in like '87, '88, and then. We all tried to pretend we didn't have anxiety before games and stuff, and then the kind of handheld Game Boys came out, which sure. today we're going to really show our age, but back in the early 90s, having those. That's how you would handle your stress before the games, right? And you'd Play see little... games playing, yes. Yeah, pretty playing. cool. Uh, Got to start with Joe Flacco. Um, Grade him on last week, and regardless of the DTR protocol, should he be the starter for at least this game? Well, I got to tell you, this guy sitting right here on my left, I'm yeah. just landing from a red eye right now, and the talking of the Techno, Tecmo Bowl and seeing my old school picture here, this is not a shameless plug, because the only thing that got me more excited this week <laughs> was seeing your Texas in the download of talking about Joe Flacco and some of the plays. You're pumped you, about it. Oh, my God. Let's go be on the UCSS WKYC show tomorrow. How we got he, Coach Bernie in the house. How he played in the game. And I look at I'm a, I like DTR, so let's not even get to, uh, you know, that second part of your question. How Joe Fa Flacco played in the game. You're Could, excited about oh this, Oh, my Burns. God. I'm, yeah, look at I love it. it. No, I'm, yeah. I'm genuinely excited. To throw that skinny post that you called up that we're going to be talking about, to have been sitting on your couch two weeks ago, to be able to hit a skinny post and make that read like he did and to hit a coop at 18 to 20 yards. Like, there's guys that play the whole, their whole career that will practice all uh, off-season, training camp, through the season. They couldn't throw that if their life Why depended. is it so tough? Uh, he let it rip early. With perfect velocity. Even before he was out of his break. Out of, well, that's the, that's the beauty. You young quarterbacks out there, this is, this is going to be like a uh, master's program. We're going <laughs> to talk about what he did out there was master's co coaching real stuff. I mean, you, you, you go your whole life, there's guys that haven't made that throw and that read. Is it on because they time. don't have the timing yet with the receipt? It was stunning to me that he made that throw, yeah. and they probably ran it a couple dozen times in all of their practice sessions combined. That's yeah. something that takes years of the same quarterback and wide receiver to develop. Hey, we talked about, uh, it wasn't a shameless plug that uh, Joe Flacco and Dan Marino are two of the three quarterbacks to be in a playoffs their first five years in the NFL. Yeah. He's 18 years in the, in the league. He's um, all the games he's won. He has a macro feel and sense for it. This is genius level timing. Um, on top of arm talent that, look, at, that's, that throw was, and I'm going to show my age here, but this is Troy Aikman, Picasso-like skinny post wow. throwing, Dan Marino throwing timing, and here you are at 38 years old, ripping it out there on perfect, on, on the skinny post to Coop in that first quarter. Um, forget the, the perfect spiral, the sense of timing to where um, you say on the board, we'll draw it up later with... 18 to 22 yards even the good players get that typically at 21 to 24 24 yards 25 where you start bringing in duress for the receiver and and interceptions i mean for him to pull that off the harrison bryant throw in that tight window like that uh, manipulating the mike backer to move him just a, uh, a shade with his eyes right with his eyes just a shade like that and then to have the confidence to rip it in there um, 
Yeah, for young QBs, that's easier said than done, but that's just showing up. A massive presence of of experience, yeah, but still. Does it open up the playbook to things that the others weren't maybe able to pull off? Well, it, it opens up the field for sure. When you're able to to spread that field into that intermediate zone where you're duressed at that 18 to 22 yards, where the Mike backer, the slot defender, mm-hmm. um, the safety has to know that I am going to complete that ball there. And that ball could get in there from, hey, from me to you, bro, is wide open. And and he's hitting balls that aren't even close to that open. And we'll we'll do it up when we draw it up. The young receivers, this is classic how to run routes. There's a lot of beautiful rules in there that are followed through. And for him to let that skinny post go when uh, the DB, that was man technique, Hard inside technique. Yeah, Coop still crosses his face. Mm. And Joe Flacco knows he's going to cross his face and lets it rip way before Coop crosses the DB's face. He was still, I don't even think he started his break yet when he let the ball go. Right, he did not. He did not. And it was the most gorgeous thing you could see (laughs) and why I'm so loving it. So I absolutely say that to where. I love his enthusiasm. I love it. I I gotta tell you, I haven't seen you this This excited excited about about a Browns quarterback uh, in a very long time. I haven't been. I haven't been. And I want to temper it with it's supposed to be 20 mile an hour winds on Sunday. That's exactly okay. what I was going. Ask. Okay, it's gonna be horrible yeah. weather. Yeah. We were in gorgeous LA. I was sporting all the trying to be casual, looking good stuff. <laughs> I was gorgeous. <laughs> Let's throw in Picasso like weather. Okay, we're yeah. not we're not going to get. <laughs> but you know, we had his college coach get... on yesterday, and he said the reason he did so well in the draft, they made him throw outside, and he was throwing in high wind conditions. He grew up in it, and he dominated it. And the Ravens said, this is perfect for games in Pittsburgh and Cleveland. We're taking this guy because he can cut the wind. Yeah. Now, I know he's 38, not 22 now. Right. But- and, and again, it's to have that sense of timing and that sense of belief, okay, when there's massively windy conditions, that's harder to do. But I, actually where I was kind of going with that is tempering for the people that want to that crucify him. That, that inside technique, skinny posted, he threw like a Hall of Fame t- quarterback, okay? You can't throw it any better. Amari Cooper, you young receivers, you can't run that route any more gorgeous, okay? But in, in how they develop that sense of trust, and he lets it go, and it looks like that gorgeous play that I'm raving about, the same almost concept happens on that deep post later in the game. We're down eight points. People are like, the interception. Yeah. How do you make that throw? How does that happen? Okay. You're, you're having a sense of timing. You're trying to kind of guess you're down eight. So many young quarterbacks who aren't winners. So many guys would take the check down. Hey, okay. I'm not going to take it. Look, we were about lost at that point in the game. We were down eight. With, a, with uh, halfway through the fourth quarter. We needed to make a play. Um, you absolutely, you want that play back, okay? But that's a guy trying to win, and that's that same kind of presence and experience, and he's really guesstimating with his experience, that sense of timing. That that's where he's going to be. And that's where, that's where he's going to expect him to be. But yeah. he got off a little bit with a guy in his face. Sure. Okay. It didn't have rest. Yeah. And again, we had gorgeous protection again yeah. on that skinny post. I mean, Coach Callahan and our guys up front again to handle Aaron Donald and to 
Again, throw the skinny post uh, to Coop, to throw the Harrison Bryant one that we're going to talk about. And again, one or two plays were off, then interception play was. But that comes with, with trying to be great like that and trying to win the game as opposed to just he could have taken a check down there. And sure. Then, one of the things you just mentioned, Bernie, is the chemistry between Flacco and the receivers. And he'd only been in the building for two weeks. It, to me, it's unfathomable they could have that chemistry already that quickly. But, you know, you, you change teams, you had new receivers come in. How quickly can you actually develop that quarterback-receiver chemistry? Or is two weeks plenty of time and I'm just an idiot? It's Which I probably am an idiot anyway. But Not yeah. the latter. <laughs> um, two weeks is not plenty of time. But, you know, maybe part of it, too, is, and I'm not trying to just pull this out of my backside, okay, but part of it, too, is you get a little stale from all the work the guys do from OTAs, the off-season, summer camp, mini camps, training camp, the beginning of the season. Sometimes you start hitting a lull, and when you bring in a new breath of fresh energy, an experience, a guy with that type of arm talent, it really kind of reinvigorates you and people and I actually see just like I'm reinvigorated I mean I flew I red-eyed it in here I mean today I usually you know sometimes you go through the motions on stuff like this you feel like you're ready to play fired up and I mean I think you see like I'm not sure about ready to play but I'm absolutely ready to talk about it and I'm genuinely yeah. excited about oh I haven't it. seen you like this in a long time and I could see this almost I could see almost as reinvigorated of the cues yeah. in the receiver room. I mean, heck, if I'm a receiver and I know I could catch the skinny post, and here's the beautiful thing off of this with wind, when you know the skinny post with a DB who got inside technique, because I lust for fades and takeoffs, okay? <laughs> yeah, you so, loved him. Okay, so if I, okay, that <laughs> You would have killed Titus. No, no. You would have torched Titus. Oh, my <laughs> God. No, he wouldn't, because he would have said something to me, and I would have said something back. <laughs> yeah, we be talking, But now you think about it. You, you got on film, a guy's going to rip a skinny post when you know I got inside technique. And I'm, that guy was a full yard inside, mm -hmm. knowing that, oh, my God, Titan's stance. I'm in a yard inside. I'm probably going to be set up for an out route, a bow out yeah, and stuff. Yep. Now they got the stones to cross my face and let it rip a skinny post. Oh, Boy, I'm running over top of you, too. It gets in the head of the defensive <laughs> back. Oh, oh yeah. God, he, yeah. you in circles. No, he wouldn't. Have. Let me ask well, you this, Bernie. You, you yeah. made that mistake one time. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know the game we'd be playing, though, right? Oh, you, yeah, I do. You, you know, and you know for, like, Jacksonville this week, I mean, Look at uh, Browning just uh, threw up 34 points on these guys. The backup Q, the, the Jacksonville yeah. D's, that's in their head. They can't be thinking how sweet they are now. Trevor Lawrence is out. Sure. Um, so, you know, you could really play the mental game with the Jacksonville DBs because they got to look at this on film. I know mm. you said that Flacco took a shot and he's got the onions <laughs> to do it. His college coach told us yesterday, he kept referring to him as unique, unique, unique. I said, why? And he quickly answered, he's not afraid to fail. Yeah, he's he not afraid to fail. But I'm going to be devil's advocate. And I know that he, took a, he had a shot. He took a shot. It was an eight-point game. However, what, what, I was, what I was looking for in that moment was you need a long, sustained drive. There's six minutes to go. At that point... It wasn't eight points, was it, at, at the time of the interception? That I think was it was a one-point one game. It was a one-point game. Yeah. game. The next drive, it was eight points. On that drive, there was six and a half minutes on the clock. 
The Browns' previous drive was a 75-minute sustained drive, uh, 75-yard, 7-minute sustained drive that went for a touchdown. When we came up with the three and out, I said, okay, this is playing out perfectly for the Browns. What they need now is a time-consuming field drive that doesn't even end in a touchdown. They just get in field goal range, kill the six minutes, kick the field goal, go home with the win. And so I was disappointed that that's where he decided to take the shot. I just thought slow and easy wins the race. Get down there, get in the position, and and kick the field goal. But they were in a run, a, a pass first uh-huh. mode all day. I think that what was the distribution? Forty four to twenty three. Yeah, I think pass to run. I don't know how this team can win that way. Forty four to twenty three. So, I don't disagree with you on those points. And again, we want to play back. So as yeah. a quarterback apologist, and I am on Joe Flacco's bandwagon. I, I love it. I love it. I'm not even his marketing guy. Okay. <laughs> you on should that. be. But I you want it say. back. Yeah. Okay. And I could actually, I, I get, I get how those happen. And, and he says, you don't play all these years and go to all the playoffs with not being your own worst enemy. So he's absolutely running through that analogy himself. He's running through the the distribution and breakdown of plays himself. He also now has time to talk to Coach Stefanski and Coach Van Pelt and Coach O'Shea to kind of implement it for this week in the Jacksonville game. Um, it was gorgeous out there. The weather was so ripe for throwing. Um, Aaron Donald, and, and that was decently unhandled during the game yeah. and that. So we talked about this in the Denver game with DTR. We wanted probably more running plays in that game. Okay, I love Coach Stefanski and that. It was gorgeous um, weather, um, um, but we could have probably wanted more running plays. Do you plays. think they run it more moving forward? Because it's two to one past oh, uh, the last two weeks. So I, I'm looking as the well. positive guy right here. We set on film two games where we're throwing 60 to 65 percent of the time. Yeah. So our breakdowns for the data analytics that the Jacksonville Jaguars are doing on us is a pass centric team. That so we'll have those analytics. Hopefully they're going to play pass coverage against us. So help me God, we already talked about the wind, the weather, and the possible run, rain run, on run. Sunday. Please, Lord, let's run the ball more, Joe. I love your arm. Let's strategically Murder. rip them fades, skinny posts, and let's come to the game running. Because Jacksonville now, right. with Trevor Lawrence out there, they're going to be trying to manipulate and game manage the game. Let's not give them a shot, and let's take it to them. Now, when, you, when they showed the Jacksonville's defensive ranks, they rank 30th in pass and I think six in rush defense. Now, what I know about Kevin Stefanski is he likes to pass to open up the run. Same, he did the same thing in Denver. Denver was the worst rush team, but yet he still threw the, threw the ball. Do you think that still carries on this game, or you still think you think they should just continue to run the ball, then pass, or you think they should play the pass and then open up the run? So I like to go against. I like to go against what I've been doing on film. So my last two games, whether we all agreed with us throwing the ball a lot, mm-hmm. okay, but in the Denver game and in the uh, 
in the Rams game, we threw the ball excessively a lot. So the, on film, Jacksonville sees excessively a lot. So I really want to run the ball early. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to run the ball early. Is it early. one of those things where and you don't I, care what the defense does? Like, right now, I, I don't. What, they, the first you, what, you, what you do is run. This is about us. It's yes. December now. Uh, November is positioning month. Okay, December, it's winning month. It's about us. I could win. Okay, you're the top five, top ten. You're the sixth. Okay, good for you. We're going to find out. Okay, uh, we're going to find out early Sunday. We, they, they're going to see passing on our stats. Um, they're not going to really be sure. I, we, don't, um, we don't overly talk about what we're going to do. But with that, with that, I would really take it to him more in the running game. Bernie, you were in L.A. for the, the Rams game, and I know SoFi is a beautiful stadium, but you were posting pictures on your Twitter of all the coolest kids in L.A. <laughs> I, there was one, you were with MGK, you were with all the, uh, the former Browns. Who was the, the coolest person you got a chance to chat with? Well, it's, uh, I wish the game would have went a little better, but the, <laughs> the Browns fans, the Southern California Browns backers, God, you guys matter. You're awesome, everything you did out there for us. What was the crowd, Browns to Rams? Was it was it predominantly Browns? It was it was more Browns fans wow. and stuff. I, I kind of love how sports guys kind of like these uh, being musicians and kind of the musicians uh, kind of like wanting to be the sports guys. So <laughs> you know to uh, to be with uh, Colson, uh, yeah. MGK, and uh, cool. Flavor Flav, and uh, you met Flavor Flav. Flavor Flav. I didn't uh, see that picture. He was pretty cool. Did he have, uh, did he have the clock on? Uh, he had the clock. Oh, I tell you what, I know. I like to see it in real oh, life. The like clock, that's the clock. And two man, he the. Like, I was honored, okay? I was honored and humbled, and I ain't just saying it look good on TV. And with me and Eric Medcalf, man, he was so respectful. He was like, man, I'm with Legend. I, he, he was You're his era. That's he, awesome. Oh, he yeah, was that's calling awesome. us. I'm like, no, we're honored to be with you and stuff. And that's then, great. And then the next day to have, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of years with the great uh, Darius Rucker. Yep. Um, from Hootie and a Blowfish, so he got his Hollywood Walk of Fame oh, on Monday. Cool. So I was honored to uh, to be at the ceremony on Hollywood Boulevard, uh, being part of that ceremony. That's awesome. Why can, so. I can I hang with you for? Like, Bernie's the coolest guy. <laughs> I need to hang Bernie's out with Bernie. Bernie's got the hookup. He's got the contact. Yeah. Yeah. All right, when you look at Jacksonville, obviously the quarterback game is going on with both head coaches. It's unlikely that you're going to play six days later on a high ankle sprain. And it's also unlikely that DTR is going to, you know, fly out of protocol with a cape and start. It's uh, conventional wisdom tells us that it's going to be Bethard against Flacco. How, how, what's the biggest concern that you have from this Jacksonville team, knowing that it's likely not going to be Trevor Lawrence and also Kirk is out for the season. So that they're also down their top wide receiver. What, how does that look to you? So I love Doug Peterson, was my teammate, roommate, one of my brothers at the Miami Dolphins in the mid-90s. Dougie Fresh, I love you. You're an amazing, <laughs> awesome coach. Five minutes, Dougie and Fresh, is, you're all. And he is an awesome man and human on and off the field and stuff. I take zero, and I'm not, and it's awesome. We're talking about some of the cool people I hung out with. Some of the coolest things I did last week it was the spiritual healing and retreat that I'm doing. So now is... Um, you know, you're trying to get healing and, and have that kind of mode mode with that. I don't take any consolation in Trevor Lawrence or Kirk being out. No. But this is just about football, and we're talking about just what do I think about the W or the L on Sunday. 
and again, I don't want to go from this solemn seriousness, but I will go almost to my happiness that Joe Flacco played because that's damn well happy and it really helps out for us right now. Sure. So, you know, one of the concerning things that I took out of the Rams thing that I, we all probably should have knew, but our defense, so awesome, you know, uh, uh, on the, at home, first in the league, but we were 30th on the road and it kind of showed up you know, unfortunately, those last two weeks in Denver and in L.A. But heck, that's not that's the past. It's now about the present. We're at home now. Beathard here. It's not Lawrence. Now crowd noise is an issue. And Ward should be back. You know, so having Denzel back, having the home crowd, our defense is the number one rated defense at home. You know, with a backup cue, let's take it to them early. And that's also why I really want to run the ball early. Mm. Taking no chances at making a mistake because I don't really see how Jacksonville, without Kirk and without Trevor Lawrence, comes in here. And uh, does anybody think they're going to score 20 points unless we give it to them? So let's not give it to them. Let's let's take it to them early and let's physically start dominating because they will wear down. Coach Callahan has wore down everybody's D-line. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's done a marvelous job this year. He really has. Uh, you want to do the super chats now? Yeah, we can get them out of the way right now. Okay. But and every time we do PC, uh, every time we do super chats, it's brought to you by PCC. Are you guys looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits? PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Airfoils in East Lake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions, starting at eighteen dollars and up. Plus, you can get a full benefit package, paid time off, and a signing bonus. You can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. So, guys, we got about, like, five Super Chats today. Uh, the first one might be my favorite, Brett Watson. Tyvis is trolling. The Browns better make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll ask Tell Bernie, Bernie what he's doing. Let's get through the Super Chats, then we'll ask Bernie at the end, because then we're going to get to I'll, I'll run through these pretty quick, because uh, there's an interesting <laughs> question at the end. It's a nominee for worst take of the year. Yeah, I, I made sure we marked it down. Let's say it. Uh, JD, King of the Smoke Ring, having a good day here on the 7th. Uh, the LA game didn't look frantic like the other games. Was pretty happy about that. Brian Rizzo, Tyvis, he was QB1 next year for OSU. Is it somebody from the roster or a transfer portal? <laughs> didn't they ask me that yesterday? Yeah, that was I on think so. Show. Yep. Uh, that was overtime. You got to answer the real people. The, the oh, daily viewers. Um, I think it's at this very current moment, I would, the way, from what I know, I think it's somebody that's on the roster. I disagree. It's going to be Cam Ward. We'll see. Tyvis, it's Cam Ward. We'll see. It depends on how much money the collective can raise to – Pay these players. Stay tuned to get them here to Columbus. Stay tuned. Cam Ward would look How's great. Scarlet and and, uh, and Redman look great. Tyvis, whatever you say, I will believe. Yeah, you. stay tuned. That's I'm just I'm getting saying. back in town, man. What's <laughs> yeah. up on this QB situation? Jeez. I'm in the NIL world right now Jeez. with them. They lost, they lost a backup running back yesterday. I trust me. Another I know. One. I'm doing University of Miami. Uh, Are you involved in their collective? Hey, NIL, with, with young kids out there and, and QBs and receivers in particular, understanding where's the right places and what's the right systems. And just actually right now talking to some, some people online about um, what we're talking about, how to throw the skinny post, how to throw the middle read, how to make sure it's done 18 to 22 yards. So many people don't know where to go and kids could get lost in the wrong system. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's a whole money component to it, but it also kind of helps kids um, find the right system. Get with the right coach. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean. That's look, the big part. Yeah. They ultimately, they're going to help get you to that next level. That NIL money won't. I will yeah. tell you that they, they do have Cam Ward projected to go to OSU. I saw that. Would I you, 
yes or no answer. Would you believe said projection? Like, is it a vi <laughs> Is it a credible projection? Plead, I plead the fifth. Next okay, question. Okay, next one, Ant. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so the last two here both come from Armac Dog. Uh, he said, Cavs invested too much into Mitchell. They should not have given up Dari or they should not have given Darius a max deal, and they should have re-signed Sexton and kept marketing. Um, and then he asked, "Do you guys think the Browns and the Cavs both overreach for Mitchell and Watson?" No, you get a chance to get a superstar, you go get a superstar. I'm about to say that's a little, that's a little. It's hindsight now. Yeah, when you get a I don't think it's hindsight. At, uh, I don't. You wouldn't have did neither one. I said at the time, I, I didn't think either yeah, one Jay, was going to lead to championships. Jay didn't like either. He, he's been consistent with that. Okay. Yeah, and look, so. I hope to God they proved me wrong. I hope to God there's three years left for Watson and two years left for Mitchell. If, well, you got more if, faith if Cleveland's lucky. Well, like, just give me the more years. <clears throat> Watson's got three years to get it done. So How many I, Mitchell got? I like that. I think two. Well, he is this year, then he's a team option. But yeah. uh, I would – I'll just next. Yeah, I just yeah. don't think yeah. either one yeah. of them will go next. Yeah. With a we'll championship. Go, we'll go next. And I, I know what you're saying. If you have a chance to get it. Superstar, you do it. Shut up, Ty. You wouldn't even say yes or no to a credible projection. You don't leverage the farm. You don't overpay to get said superstar unless said superstar is LeBron James and he's 26. In my youth, I agree with all you guys. In my As I get my age, I'm just so happy that we're playoff relevant, okay? Yeah, then you're going to love what Ty is taking. Finish the last two. I think that was the last two. All right, so Bernie, here's the question. This came up earlier. Tyvis said if the Browns don't make the playoffs this year, he thinks fans will be okay. That's, we've yeah. been we've been conditioned, okay? This I want to be humorous. I want to answer the question, but I want to be spiritually fine because I don't want to be fired for being inappropriate jokes and stuff. There was no holidays back when we played. Yeah, it was. Uh, we used to say the joke. We we. Uh, we, we'll be home for Christmas, the Bing Crosby song. You don't want to be. Like, it was like uh, it was like the 11th commandment. You'd rather, God, I don't want to even say this in the holiday season. You'd rather be dead than not in the playoffs and stuff. And that was the mindset of the players in the locker room, the fans. We live and died with this. I agree, Barney. But I since agree. the team Worst came, take of the year. But since came, team came back in 99, um, the holidays have been apathetic to the teams and because we haven't been playoff relevant and Art Modell, people used to say, I'm going to show my age. He goes, I don't care if people love me or they hate me. Don't become apathetic to yes. me. Yes. And I believe maybe, I don't, maybe not today, December 7th, God bless uh, Pearl, Harbor, Pearl Harbor and our Americans and everything that's happened and stuff. But a lot of people, you know, football isn't as important as it as it was back then and they are apathetic to that and of other things because like my kids think i'm an idiot no. okay for doing this brown <coughs> stuff they've never seen us win they're 32 years old my daughter yesterday. so they're basically like give it up already it's never going to happen oh and even the ramifications of look at what i you did my whole youth of mm. going to what looking these guys throw their helmet off and lose a game and I, you don't spend sunday with me you know, I mean, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, there are major sacrifices for the players. Yeah, but, but I mean, just 
Bernie, just, I think he was even talking about the fans. He was saying the fans. He well, was the like, fans. we'll be okay if we don't make the playoffs. And I'm like, bro, did you just fall out of a spaceship? Tell them, Bernie. Into there are when some. are Cleveland Bernie, fans okay with them them, making the tell playoffs? Tell them that it, with, this, with what's going on this season with injuries. I don't care about that. We're in a playoff if they, spot If they right just now. so happen to they miss were seven it, you'd be like, I can understand. There's going to be a percentage like that that have become 20%. apathetic. 20. Yeah. We, we, done on five. Um, we did the poll. We did the poll. Yeah. Worst take of the year. Yeah. Here's my thing, Bernie, and I yeah. think you're right. I think there, it probably is more important to the older crowd <laughs> because I'm 58, and my mantra, the, the last one that they won was in 1964, before I was the year before I was born. So it hasn't happened in my lifetime. I, I just want one. All I, I want to see you're one. Yeah. It's not 20. It's 21%. Thank you yeah. very much. Well, if we kept we, it up hey, a I know longer. we want to see one. And I know we're wrapping up against it. But, like, as much, I've, I've spent, like, two and a half decades now, like, at Christmas and New Year's Day, like, where our games, not only are they not even relevant, you know, they're yeah. not even watchable. No, really. they're not. You know, and at least to get to that stage, because, again, I'm human nature, too. As quickly as you get to that stage, you'll be wanting the championship. But, man, we can't even get to that stage yet. No, I know. It's got to be a step. Tyvis, you can be cool if they make the playoffs. I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> See you all in overtime. Bernie, thanks. Always great.